This is new. Happy New Year. Good to see you. Well done for making it to church this morning. Gold star to you. I was up. I was up at a, I saw midnight come in, but uh, wisdom said go to bed. You're preaching in the morning. But uh, when I'm, Sarah messaged me a few months ago and said, I want you to preach. I was like, after I'd sort of got over the shock, um, I saw when I was preaching, it was New Year's Day, and I was like, that's brilliant, because I love New Year. Um, a lot of people, I think, see it as a bit of an anticlimax after the Christmas and everything. And don't get me wrong, I love Christmas as much as anyone. I love all the sparkle and the buzz and all of that. But I love New Year. And in that in-between stage, you're not entirely sure what day it is or whether it's a shall I get dressed kind of day like that. You know, we've just had that process, I, that, that week. I really enjoy that time because when else in our 21st century life do we get to stop and review and look back at what God has done in our lives? And I don't know if you're a Christian here today or not, if you're a follower of Jesus, um, but we all, get to, we all have a year that we get to look back on, don't we? We all have a year that we get to look back on and see if we've learned anything. Hopefully you've learned something in the year. If you've grown, if anything's happened that was out of the blue, that was unplanned, but how did it change you? How did, you, how did it grow you? What did you learn from it? What was great? What was tough? We get to look back and we get to review and then we get to look forward. And I think the two go hand in hand. And that's why I love this new year period. And that's why I choose to mark it. I always mark it, whether it's a big party or, you know, it's just me and I'm up and I, and I look at, I watch for the clock to strike midnight. I always mark new year because I know I'm like, okay, I get to draw a line and I get to look forwards and I get to look forwards with some optimism and some positivity. And uh, that's not just a buzz, empty word, because I believe that when you underpin it with faith in God, and anything is possible. But we get to look back first of all. And 2016, I know, was a tough year for a lot of people. We lost a lot of people last year. And I know that's been in the news a lot. But I believe that God can make this new year new. It's not a continuation of the old. We're not just rolling 31st December into the 1st of January. We get to mark it, to draw a line, to wipe the slate clean, you might be sat here going, thank God that is over. You might be. I know some people are. But uh, whatever happened last year, even if it was a brilliant year, there's more in God this morning. And there's more in God in this new year. So we get to face 2017 with faith and with optimism. And it is important to look back, but it's important not to dwell there. And we got to leave the past where it belongs. We need to learn from it. We need to appreciate it. And we, get, we need to see where God has been faithful in our last year. We realize, I think, and it's only when we actually stop that we realize how incredibly blessed we are and how incredibly faithful God is. I think human nature and the human disposition is to make the negatives massive. And, to make, and all we can see is the bad stuff. We always have to force ourselves to remember that God is good all the time and that there is, and he is faithful and he shows himself faithful. I know a lot of people lost people last year. I lost my auntie in the summer and um, just a short story, but I, if I didn't stop and remember the faithfulness of God in that time, I would have missed how precious it was that 
um, I went down two weeks before she passed away. And I was praying. I was in the car on my own. I was praying. I was like, God, I need to know where my auntie's going. I need to know that she's safe. I need to know that you've got her. And uh, we were in the hospital. And um, I had my dad there, my uncle there, my sister, our nephews. It was a bit of a crazy time. I was like, God, I, need, I just need some time. And I found myself with two minutes, literally two minutes, with my auntie. And um, she was in and out of sleep. She was 87. She was in and out of sleep. And I was like, God, will you wake her up, please? <laughs> I have two minutes. So, and all of a sudden, her eyes opened. And I looked at her, and I went, should we pray? She went, yeah. I said, should we pray the Lord's Prayer? Yeah. I got to pray the Lord's Prayer with my auntie. And that was the last time I saw her. But in the midst of all that grief and the negativity and the horribleness of losing a loved one, I saw the faithfulness of God. And I think it's important to have that time. And we've got a bank holiday tomorrow. Just, you know, we've got, a, we've, just before the out of office gets turned off and the new term starts, <laughs> got a bank holiday. Use that time, if you haven't already, to reflect on the faithfulness of God. But then we look forwards. And God is in the business of making things new. We've sung that song this morning, haven't we? God makes all things new. The Bible says that we are a new creation. God says that he will take our old heart of stone and give us a new heart of flesh. He says that we are born again when we receive salvation. We are given a new life in Christ when we acknowledge him as our Lord and Savior. And it says in Isaiah 43, which I think will pop up on the screen, for I'm about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? God is about to do something new. And we have an opportunity now to prepare ourselves to work with God and to receive that something new. I don't know if you want to receive something new this year. I do. I do. I choose, well, Ben and I, we, the last few years, we always take some time. We look back on what's happened on the year and how we've got on, what worked, what didn't, what we need to make better. And then we look forward. And yesterday we went out for coffee, although Ben had a pulled pork burger. Um, <laughs> with a coffee. Um, and uh, we, um, we wrote down our goals for this year. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit this morning, that actually it's important to have goals. And more importantly, actually, it's, it's better, it's, we need to have plans to see those goals come to pass. And we get to partner with God in that process. And that's where I believe committing our plans to God and having plans, we'll see a fantastic year. None of this happens by chance. I believe we have to be practical. This is, this is a, if anyone knows me, I'm a naturally organized person. I like having a plan. I like organizing things. Ask the students on a Sunday when we sort out transport. Ask them what happens when I'm not there. <laughs> I get feedback. <laughs> I like planning things. So when, um, so this, is very much something that I love and I do. Um, but I believe we have to plan for what we believe, what we want to, we have to plan for what we want to believe for. And this is why perhaps sometimes, if, has anyone here ever made a New Year's resolution? Has anyone here ever failed at keeping that New Year's resolution? I used to fail a lot. And every, ever since I've started planning, started putting some structure underneath my hope, my dream, my wishful thinking. I've seen more success. 
I started writing letters a few years ago. I was like, I don't receive any nice mail anymore. They're just bills and horrible things like that. So I thought, I'm going to start writing letters. And I've kept it up. And actually, there are some international students who are no longer here who we write, I exchange letters with. It's quite nice. So, um, but yes, I think sometimes we need to underpin our wishful thinking, our news resolutions with a plan. And that doesn't omit God from it because like I said before, it's about partnering with God and committing our plans to God. If you have faith for something, then what can you practically do to see it happen? Creating a plan and seeing a plan fulfilled in God creates confidence and renewed faith for the next year or for the next faith project. And I believe that God assumes we make plans. I think God wants us to make plans. I think when he talks to us, it's, with, it's in a given that there are plans in place, that we've made them. There are two verses in Proverbs, um, which are on the screen. First one, Proverbs 16, verse 9, it says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. And Proverbs 19, 21 says similar. It says, You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail. These point to partnership in God, which I will talk about in a little bit. So, we're going to look at why plans are important. And uh, this isn't to help. My encouragement is that you use the time that you have to make a plan if you haven't got one. To uh, think about, um, and Tim spoke about it briefly this morning. Think about what you want to see in this year. And actually think about what you can do with God to see those things happen. So I'm not going to give you like a, if this is your hope, then this is what you should do, because that's not my business. But this is why plans are important. The first is, and there's three points. I've learned from Ben, three points. So uh, the first one is, they give us direction. Without a direction, without a heading, without a, I'm going this way, we can get lost, and we can get distracted, and we can end up disappointed Have you ever um, found yourself wondering, how on earth did I end up here? You just feel lost. You just don't know quite how life has put you in this situation. I think that's because we don't always have a direction to head in. We don't always have our heading. A lot of you in this room will know the parable of the lost sheep. It's not on the screens, but it's the parable of the lost sheep. Jesus says there was a shepherd with a hundred sheep, and one of them got lost. And the shepherd left the 99 and went and found the one and brought it back to great celebration. But I found myself wondering, what happened for that sheep to get lost? Why did it get lost in the first place? Because there were 99 others in the field and one managed to get himself lost. And we have often heard the illustration, if you've heard this mess, the parable of the lost sheep preached before. Jesus is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. Take, it's, it's okay, don't take, you don't need to be offended by that. Sheep are lovely. But um, why do we sometimes get lost? And I think it's because we can get preoccupied. I think it's because we, uh, well, the little I know about sheep is that they eat grass. And that's pretty much all they do. Um, so you can, uh, I think you can get preoccupied. Your eyes are down. You're focused on this one thing. And, all the, and then you go, oh, well, that, that's a nice bit of grass. So I'm going to eat this bit of grass. And then I'm going to eat this bit. And that's all you do. You get preoccupied with the here and now. And you lose 
sense of the direction you're heading in. And you can find yourself preoccupied. You can find yourself lost. You get distracted by the next attractive-looking clump of grass, the one with a dandelion in it. And all of a sudden, you, found you, you find yourself heading in the wrong direction. And then when you eventually look up, you're disappointed with where you are. So you've got to have a direction. You've got to set a course that you want your life, or maybe if your life is too big a deal, next week or this year, where you want it to head. Plans give us a direction. The second thing they do is they keep us focused. So we can, it's great having a direction. It's great having a, I'm heading this way. But if we don't keep our eyes focused on there, on the bigger picture, again, we can lose track and we can wander off. When you know what you're on with, you can protect your priorities and say yes and no with ease. I have learned this the hard way. But when you know what you're on with, you can protect your priorities. One of my favorite preacher ladies, she's absolutely fantastic. I listen to her online a lot. And she's got a fab fabulous name. Her name is Havla Cunnington. And uh, she is quoted as saying this, when your yes is secure, your no is easy. When your yes is secure, your no is easy. When you know what you're on with, even when good things come along, they might not be your good thing. They might take you off your track, off your direction, off the plan and the purpose and the, the course that God has for you. So when you have a purpose, when you have a focus, you can say no to those things. One of my other favorite preachers, um, he's called Paul Dukes. I don't know if you've heard of him. Um, he said to me a number of years ago, and this is where I had to learn this the hard way. He said to me, when you say no to something, you're not saying no necessarily to that thing. You're saying yes to something else. And I was in a situation where I was saying yes to a lot of things. And they were good things. They were things in church. They were getting involved in things. They were all good things. But I was spread too thin. And I was on the edge of having a bit of a breakdown, let's be honest. And uh, when you, you find yourself thinking, I can't see the wood for the trees. Like, I'm just lost. I'm just all over the place. I'm trying to do good things in too many places. And actually, I was neglecting my relationships. I was neglecting me. <laughs> so when your yes is secure, your no is easy. And you can say no to things, even if they're good things. Because if we lose our focus, we lose our drive. And our plans can become diluted and actually unachieved because we're trying to satisfy too many things. So maybe you need to say no to some things this year so that you can say yes to something else. And the last reason as to why plans are important, and this is the most difficult. Any control freaks in the house, you can come and join me. It's okay. God loves us too. I'm a control freak. I like to know what's going on. I like to know, like, you know, I like to think a few steps ahead. And I like to think that, you know, that that's how things are going to happen. I'm a self-confessed control freak. But the third reason why plans are important is because... They give God something to work with. And this is the most important reason, I think, and the most difficult to put into practice. Because we can make plans. Anyone can make a plan. But we have, are we prepared to be flexible in our plans? Because uh, God knows everything. 
God sees a bigger picture far better than I do. God is the God of the impossible. I am the God of perhaps making things slightly possible <laughs> in my life. God is the God of the impossible, and I want his plans and purposes to prevail in my life, not necessarily mine. They might be good plans, but they might not be the best plans for me. But making plans, I believe, shows a heart's intention and a heart's attitude towards seeing something happen. And actually, ultimately, that's what God wants, I think. God wants someone who's committed to a process and committing to see something change. So that's what I want. That's what I want. I want to make a plan, but I want to have a flexibility, a God factor built in. You know when people have building projects, have a contingency. Like that's, that's the God bit. When actually he goes, this is great. You're heading in a great direction, but can we just go, can we turn right at the next junction, please? I've got something else in mind. Back to Proverbs 16, verse 9. The Lord determines our steps. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps, the how, the detail. That's all God. Plans allow a divine partnership between God and us to exist. And I can't think of a better person to be in partnership with when it comes to my life and its direction. Plans create a structure, but we need to allow God to fine-tune the detail. And once we have a plan, it's all great having a plan, we need to start moving. We have to start moving. It's no good having a plan and doing nothing about it. We have to be prepared to commit ourselves to the process of seeing these plans come to fruition in partnership with God. Have you ever tried to steer a car when the engine's not running and it's not in gear? Like the power steering doesn't even work or anything. It's just ridiculously hard. But with the engine running, with it in gear, you can steer a car whichever way you want. We have to have the engine running and ourselves in gear for God to steer us. And when we commit ourselves to the process, when we commit our plans to God and we're willing to move, once we're moving, we have to remember that God is good all the time. Because plans don't always work out how we think they should, even though we think our plans are pretty good. God might have something else. It might not look like your original idea, but God holds it all together. Knowing Jesus and involving him every day in your life, day by day, in the big and the small decisions, you can have a confidence that while your plans might not look exactly how you thought they would, they will work out according to God's glorious plan. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. Make your plans. Start moving. And whilst you're moving, stay confident. Keep confident and entrust them to God. Commit your plans this year to God and he will make all things work for good. So, there's a very practical response to this preach. I'm, I do like being practical. <laughs> and, um, and I really want to encourage you to use the time that you have before the routine of the year kicks in. You might need to have a conversation with your family or with your partner or with the people that you are close to and ask yourself these two questions. What has happened in 2016 to thank God for? Before you make a plan, look back 
and be thankful and praise God and look for him at work in your life. And then what do you need to believe and plan for in 2017? Consider where you want to be in one year. January the 1st, 2018. There's a scary thought. Where do you believe you need to be or where do you think God wants you to be in a year's time? What does you plus one year look like? What do you need to have faith for? What do you want to see change in your life? What do you need to begin believing for, perhaps again, in your life? Start with a plan. Put process and structure underneath those plans. Set timelines or step-by-step processes. Do what you need to do, but start moving. Don't just leave them written down in your journal on the 1st of January. You want to be able to look back. And that's what Ben and I do. We look back on the year and we look at our list of what we wanted to achieve. And things have got ticks against them. Some things haven't. That's okay. Because God's flexible and God loves us. But it's good to have intentions because God can work with that. So I want to pray for you at the start of the year. And I'll pray a couple of scriptures over you. And um, yeah, if you want to close your eyes. You might have a plan already. You might have a, um, some hopes and some dreams for this year already. You might have people that you want to see one for God already. You might have a new job in mind. You might stand in need of healing this year. You might stand in need of financial breakthrough this year. You might have some plans in place already. I want to pray a couple of scriptures first one, because it's still Christmas, is from Luke 1, 45. You are blessed because you believed that the Lord would do what he said. This year, I pray, God, that Jesus, we would have a faith in you like never before, that we would be prepared to trust you and entrust you with our hopes and our dreams and the plans that we are willing to put in place and commit to this year to see those things come to pass in Jesus' name. And from Psalm 20, verse 4, may he grant your heart's desires and make all your plans succeed. God, would you give us our heart's desires? God, would you plant them within our hearts? God, as we stay close to you and we seek your purpose and your plan and your will for our lives, God, would you give us our heart's desires? And God, as we commit ourselves to you, Jesus, May you make all our plans succeed. In Jesus' name, amen.